What's up, TJ? Mm. I'm just in the middle of eating an apple. How are you? Mm. Are you eating it just core in hand? Are we are we slicing and adding a almond butter? What what's, what do we got? Core in hand, the old fashioned way, bro. I love that. You're just an old school guy, bro. I really appreciate that about you. I like to. I, I kind of go in and out of my fruit moods, and right now I'm having an apple summer, I, and it is nice. I'm trying to you know increase my fruit and vegetable intake whenever I can, and you know snacking on some fruit instead of some quins, gluten free pretzels is going to be better for me. I have to be honest. I have to make a confession. Usher voice, Jason. Okay. Uh, this morning when I was getting my smoothie at Whole Foods after my run, I did purchase a bag of Quinn's for the plane. Oh, I actually purchased some yesterday at Whole Foods. <laughs> I, I love that this is a safe space for us to share our gluten-free peanut butter pretzel uh, shame. Yeah, Quinn, one note to Quinn. <laughs> I, I love you, Quinn, but I think the salt content could be brought down 15%. It's just a, just a hair too salty. But otherwise, a perfect product, Queen. Queen. Uh, Queen Quinn. Uh, yeah, but I, I had to get. I had to get. I also got, of course, a a healthy superfood salad. But you know, it's a long flight from here to New York, so I had to make sure I had a snack just in case. I got to keep one tucked. Are you? But you're not an airplane eater, though, right? Uh, unfortunately, no. It's disgusting. Um, I would never eat the plane. This this, this this food served by the plane is absolutely not an option. But on a six hour. Uh, flight after a workout, I'm going to need to consume something, and it's embarrassing. But but the rule, and I wish others would take heed, is absolutely zero hot food can be consumed on a plane. Yeah, for it's, sure. It's, it's it should be legal, and I don't understand why it's allowed. Nothing is worse than that. Dis, you know that tired, that kind of like <laughs> long haul to Europe, tired like watery eyes, and just smelling someone order beef next to you at fucking midnight is just nothing honestly nothing is more disgusting nothing is more disgusting to me than that and maybe that's where my hatred of food smells stems from who knows yeah I'm, I'm, midnight midnight hot food no i i think the hot food is a rule no fish as well as i think we've talked about yeah that before yeah that's well. a good that's a good rule i feel like they don't offer fish very often anymore but yeah it's 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 usually a chicken or beef or vegetarian which is i mean truly demented but yeah i'm i am very very happy to say i've never had a meal on a plane like i've refused it since i can remember good for you hey well unless they bring the sunday cart around do you know what i'm saying <laughs> okay so are you excited to go to new york or what yeah baby i need the energy i need the energy of the big apple i mean look duty calls and it's going to be a rough couple days as far as my my scheduling goes but then the weekend opens up and i've got i've got plans to tap in with all the f- homies yeah, that's going to be exciting for you, and I'm looking forward to you being able to recharge in the Big Apple while I stay in Glendale and eat apple. Do you think that's my recharge? The way that other people like do a digital detox and go to Tulum. Do you think this is my recharge? Actually, yeah. I mean, you've deprived yourself from your life force, New York City, for so long that it does kind of make sense for this to be your recharge. You haven't been standing on solid ground for almost a whole year at this point, so you know, hopefully. Hopefully, you know, even though you're going to be in a little bit of a whirlwind work trip, that'll be kind of mitigated by the fact that you are mm-hmm. charging up no Tesla. No, no, no Tesla. More of a Drake charged up 
uh, second verse is what is what I'm trying to go for. So are you having a good April Fool's, Chris? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love April Fool's, Jason. It's one of my favorite holidays. Well, I think it used it used to be, but now that no, now, it's not. Now it's fool no. fooling has been canceled this year. <sighs> it ha- everything is over. Everything sucks, man. I don't know. It, it's it's. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I guess it's it's it. In theory, April Fool's Day can be achieved pretty well. I mean, I think I sent you this, but DJ Quick saying he got shot that didn't go very well as for, for an <laughs> April Fool's prank. Yeah, which I is was <laughs> so sick. I was reading some <laughs> instructions that we. I think somebody posted in our group chat about like, hey guys, April Fool's is around the corner. And here are the things that are not cool to fool about. And one of them, I mean, they were all, you know, it seemed like common sense stuff. Like, you know, don't joke about murder, suicide, rape, miscarriage, you know, things like that. Are, sure, are sure. Things the, that we the simple, not the simple about. classics, the simple classics. <laughs> I mean, who was doing, who was doing miscarriage pranks before we had uh, Instagram infographics is what I want to know. Is that really a problem? But I mean, I guess. Well, I, guess I don't. You know, Crystalia Chris you know. is out of the picture now. <laughs> but, you know, there was a time before that. It is a blessing and a curse. Or I mean, or it's bittersweet, I should say, that we have to have these. In, I mean, I guess we don't have to. But that we do. Someone feels the yes. need to create these infographics because there are people who, you know, there is one person who's going to read that and be like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this suicide <laughs> prank. I, I guess my, I guess and like my that's kind of where suicide. we're at with our society. So are you saying, are you saying that DJ Quick's explore page is not showing him well-designed, clever <laughs> ways to avoid being canceled on, on April Fool's? That's, I'm a little surprised by that. I thought DJ Quick, Quick was a little more tapped in. It sounds like Quick did not do the work. Well, and he learned the hard way, but you know, Quick is an old head. Yes. Even though he is a fun, silly guy and, you know, I guess if you are a person like DJ Quick where, you know, you can potentially have a giggle about getting shot. Yeah, I think that that just proves that DJ DJ Quick's reality is very different than most people's, so it's like him making a joke about Getting shot is funny to him, but uh, unfortunately doesn't resonate with um, white Twitter, which I'm not totally surprised about. Catching one in the thigh, less of a less of an endearing moment or a rite of passage for you know somebody mm-hmm. who works at NY Mac, perhaps. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, the reason I found this, I also found that because I, I he was trending on Twitter. I didn't. I don't follow DJ Quick. Um, or probably any of his uh, associates, but you know, it, it's made it. It's broken. It's broken through. Is, is what I'm trying to say to uh-huh. to the big to to big the front page of the internet. Uh, no, no Reddit. Well, quit. You know that worked. You know, at the end of the day, it did work. A lot of people are going to be like, oh yeah, DJ Quick. I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to his music only on Spotify and get my little stream on. Let me stream DJ Quick a little bit. But yeah, I, I wanted to discuss um, our uh, lunch yesterday. Um, as well, and just kind of kind of walk the listeners through this. I, it was a it was a beautiful day in uh, Los Angeles, and we went to the shaded garden of the property where I am currently residing. And it was a beautiful live work space, by the way. You have over there. It was that was thank, nice. Thank you, San- Jason. Sanctuary thank is a strong word, but I mean, it's not not. It was perfectly shaded. The sun was beating down, but. You know, the tummies were rumbling, and um, we had to call um, a, a chef that we're both uh, friends with and, and really like, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, yeah. who is the- um, <laughs> <laughs> our personal nutritionist. Who's that doctor they told you to go see? It's Gwyneth Paltrow. We said, 
Goop Kitchen, fire the menu. Fire the menu. 86 nothing from my mouth. No, no, no. Fire the menu, and it was sweet of her. She, Gwen came all the way from Brentwood in a Tesla mm-hmm. and, and, and dropped it off herself, and Andrews was here to, to, to greet her, and it was just a nice. It was good to see her. She looked really healthy. I'm sure her and Brad have been vaccinated, of course. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but yeah, so you know, I think she was, you know, she's been working a lot in the kitchen and I think it was nice of her to to kind of, you know, share her blood, sweat and tears uh with the how long gone uh cognoscenti. So let's let's talk about what we got from the from the the goop kitchen menu. I don't fully remember, so I'm sure you do because <laughs> your brain your brain works a little bit harder in the food space. I had Gwyneth's GC Cobb. Maybe she doesn't know that kitchen is spelled with a K. No, I think it's I think it's Gwen's Cobb, so they just say oh, okay. GC. You know what I mean? Got that's it, that's what it, I would guess. She, hey, just FYI, Jason, she goes by Gwen. To her friends and family, she goes by Gwen. Good morsel of info. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was a it was a it was a chop salad, but not your not your grandmother's chop salad. Not, hey, not just not not your Gma's chopped. Uh, what she did was she kind of took like a cob of the traditional sense, and she almost like flipped it on its head and kind of like changed changed a lot of things around the the bacon component was no longer produced from from an animal um but it was now in the form of like a mushroom bacon which seemed to be kind of a a thick dog treat like um consistency but in a in a pleasant in a pleasant way i don't i don't use dog dog treat um derogatory we know you you respect you respect our four-legged friends too much to shade them um yeah but the it had a nice toothy it had a nice toothy quality to it is what you're saying it had a yeah an an umami dense meat-like chew to it which was pleasant and if you if you come from a a background of of health food eating or vegetarian yes synthetic meat eating as we do you know you kind of begin to have a little bit of a stockholm syndrome Mm -hmm. craving for you know these painfully artificial meats where you make an attempt at reproducing meat but uh, you know you can never really touch the sun with that there was a little blue cheese that was noted as a mild blue cheese as not to scare off, you know, Gwen's core demographic. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it can be a divisive mm-hmm. uh, dairy mm-hmm. offering. Some would some would say that blue cheese, some whites would say blue cheese is spicy. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Too spicy, too funky, too something okay. It got too much seasoning on it. And luckily, I'm a blue boy. We, uh, you know, from a salad to an olive... I'm lapping it up like a saucer of milk. So there were some beets, some golden beets on there. Of course, Gwyn would never use a traditional burgundy beet. That's you know. No. Oh God, no. Avert your not eyes. Funky enough for Gwen. <laughs> Absolutely not. And the you know the the gem lettuces involved were were nice and fresh, crisp. I'm sure they were humanely sourced as well. Of course. I mean, how could they not be? Definitely a nice little cob. There's an assortment of little kind of grain-free, non-refined sugar, vegan, gluten-free cookies that were very nice. I gave <laughs> Those were actually the, the the coconut chocolate chip cookie was quite good. It was quite good. And and thank you for letting me bring a pack home to my life partner. She absolutely loved them. She was like, "Hey, I didn't, you know, I was Great. I would I would buy those today if if I had the option to." I I had a a a seasonal salmon uh a, a beautiful piece of fish with some uh, some um i don't know what the rice was but there was also like a cauliflower and some greens as well um okay. we ordered we ordered the bonchon for the table alex had the the um 
the mushroom carnitas <laughs> uh, for a little um, uh, south of the border flair. Um, and yeah. I gotta, I gotta say it was all pretty good. The delivery was nice. Like the packaging was good. It was very, it felt like a pro operation. It was a little bit more of a, a less scalable, more, more artisan touch version of what yes. sweet green has going on. Uh, you know, sweet green, it may be a little bit more f- of a flavor bomb. And this one is a little bit more of a refined lighter touch, mm-hmm. um, less, less feeling than a sweet green salad, but you know, that's kind of not what they're going for. Let me for, say but- this. I think, I think mercifully for us, uh, lovers of fast casual, um, mm-hmm. there's room for both. Yeah. There's room for both in the market. And I think the one that's going to get, I agree, get knocked out of this fucking MMA squared circle esque battle is <laughs> the failing and renamed dig. Yeah. Fuck dig. Not to be confused with the fantastic documentary film. Um, about the Brian Jonestown massacre. It is a great uh, this is the if you live on the East Coast, you, you're probably familiar with Dig. But I think that that Gwen between Gwen and the SG Dig has no place in this world. And I I'm um, I'm sad to see it go. But I think that you know uh, turn 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 turn. This is just this is how the world works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, luckily I've never I've never had a, I've never had you a, never hit Dig. I never hit Dig. We can hit Dig next. Next time you're in the big, the big apple, we can. I'll take you to a dig. I believe they, I believe they sadly closed the the Soho location. Um, so you know, I, I, I will, I, we will find. Don't worry, we can go to Midtown, Jason. No problem. I don't really think I'm. You know, it's not too high on my list to go to Midtown and buy a salad from Dig when I when we can get Sweet Green and and Gwyn's offerings delivered to us gratis. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna buy it for you, but yeah, I mean, whatever. I don't want. I don't even want you to buy it. Damn shit. Okay, player. Take that fourteen fifty and donate it to one of the great charitable organizations that mm. Sweet Green donates to. You know, some farmer shit. Thank you. Yeah, I love farmers. Um, well, <laughs> speaking speaking of farmers, we do have a guest today. She's, she's a biodynamic actress, actress, uh, illustrator, model. You you may recognize her from uh, Terrace House, Aloha State, the new movie uh, Moxie. Uh, is that on Hulu, Jason? That is on Netflix. Netflix. I'm sorry, Moxie on Netflix, which was which was uh, the brainchild of um, Amy Poehler. But but I I didn't realize so so Lauren's uh, uh, illustration. I mean, she's done Nike shit like Revlon, Starbucks. Got a little Marc Jacobs baggy. She drew a uh, a cover for a Marvel comic book, which I know you'll want to dig into. Damn, I didn't know she was a nerd too. She does it all. Um, but let's <laughs> let's tap in uh, with Lauren and see how she's doing. Give her a jingle, TJ. Lauren, sigh. What the hell is up, bro? What's good? Hi. What is up? <laughs> What's good? <laughs> Just chilling. Thank you for taking your mask off to pod with us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's our pleasure. Have you done podcasts before? I did one podcast with my friend Ben uh, exactly one year ago, um, but that's it. So this will be number two. It's the anniversary. Jason, what she's trying to say to you in a nice way is like, I do real press, you little bitch. I don't do your little podcast <laughs> stuff is what she's, is what she's <laughs> no, trying to say. I mean, I don't know how you know Ben Shapiro, but I'm glad you did his pod. <laughs> did you? <laughs> what? What uh, I'm, I'm not going to explain. I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> please. What do you do? You listen to podcasts, though, or is this a medium that you're not familiar with necessarily? Well, to be honest, I listen to like one sex podcast and like that's it. And I listened to like two episodes um, before I fell asleep. 
Which podcast are we talking about? Yeah. It's called Sex with Emily, and my friend recommended it to me, hopefully for good reasons, but <laughs> it it's, <laughs> it was interesting. I really enjoyed listening to it, but I um, every time I sit down to listen to a podcast, I always end up listening to music. I want to like find new ones to put on when I'm working, because I feel like it's so much more peaceful, and music like always takes a lot of energy from me, you know, like when you get into it. Definitely. No, I agree. I mean, I think that listening to podcasts for a lot of people also like comes in waves where it's like you do it for six months, like kind of breakneck, and then you have to return to music to give yourself a break. Because I also think there's a... I don't think it's super normal or maybe good to to like have a conversation in your ear all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it feels like it could be it could be bad. Um and uh, I have I have returned to music fully. I don't listen to podcasts at all, really. Yeah, with with a pod, you kind of have you can turn off the voices in your head because you have different people's voices in your head. But at a certain point, if you suppress those voices too much, it can be harmful. I think. I was just gonna say it's I've 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 too many people talking to me at once already. So. <laughs> <laughs> Damn the good life i understand i understand completely are you so do you live in la i do i moved here about 3 oh my god 3 years ago i thought i was only going to stay for a year but um yeah the years have been stacking up i lived in tokyo before this okay for about two and a half years almost 3 years um and then i moved out here for work um and my lease is ending next month so i'm not sure if i'm going to stay i i like it but really damn yeah, where the fuck I'm are you going to really, go you gonna go to Texas, man? Man, I <laughs> honestly, I was thinking Montana. Like that—that's something I've always been dreaming about oh. is to live in Montana for like a year. But I feel like the moment I get there, I'm gonna regret it. Are you are you sick with the horses? Like, what's your Hermes saddle game like? Are you or are you not a horse girl with an Hermes saddle? Is what he's asking. Oh, mentally, horse girl. Okay. Mentally, physically, um, <laughs> haven't gotten there. <laughs> okay. But if you if you go to Montana and live there for a year. You know, what are you going to do work-wise? Yeah, you- I I feel like that's always been a dream of mine is to be able to do art like full-time as my career so that I'd be able to move somewhere like Montana and still support myself. Because I really love living here, but I get distracted so easily. I thought it would be nice to like go out there and connect to nature and just be around trees. But I don't know, maybe that's something... Because at the same time, I really want to move to New York, which is kind of the polar opposite of Montana. You sound like you sound like you're having an internal internal struggle right now, and I, you know, I think you're at the perfect place for for just to, for us to help you through this and help you make this decision. Yeah, we know how to navigate a quarter life crisis that you're clearly going through, Lauren. Exactly. Exactly. I'm very happy because no, I'm 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 happy to be here for that. <laughs> <laughs> so what are the what are the things that you find super distracting about Los Angeles then? Nightlife. I get a sweet green. Well, not, not yeah, sweet green. Um, I. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, the the amount of money I spend on Postmates uh, disgusts me. Is that have you have you always been a Postmates or is that like a COVID thing? It's always because I always say I'm going to cook, but it never happens. Uh, but I think with COVID, definitely I've leaned more into that life. Yeah, I being in LA, I feel like I don't know. It's so nice because I, on one hand, I really want to be alone and disconnect and do art because whenever I'm alone, I have really like I have ideas that inspire me, and I feel like I have the time and space to create them but then being in LA I've made such good friends that I'd rather hang out with them every night but when I think about life I'm like well I'd much rather like have a life hanging out with people and being close with people than to just like try to like be an artist so not necessarily a bad distraction yeah yeah you don't strike me as the shut-in type you know what I mean I also think that you're you're still you still have so much youth in you you should probably head to the Big Apple and really 
really live your truth for at least I would say you could do a three-year bid and you'd probably come out better off. Because yeah, like living in Tokyo for three years, I felt that it was time to try something different. Um, I'm very tempted to go back there though. I felt really, really good when I was there. I've actually, I've actually never been, which is embarrassing. Oh, really? Um, <gasps> yeah. Don't, sh- don't shame me. Don't look at me like that. Lauren, when, when you, <laughs> when you were in Tokyo, is it, is it true that you, that you moved there when you were like 18 solo? I did. I, um, I started working there when I was 15. Um, cause I would just go there over the summers and do modeling there and then come back home to Hawaii, uh, and go to high school. And then I always had it in the back of my mind that after I graduated, I wanted to do something different. Um, and I was really excited to go to art school and I thought that that was the thing that made the most sense and I was supposed to do and that would just make everything after that make sense. Um, but living in Tokyo, I just felt so free and I think I really wanted to pursue that feeling for a while. Um, so I moved there when I was 18 and just kind of did my own thing for a couple of years. You went to, you grew up in Hawaii? Yes, I did. I did. I'm super lucky for that. (laughs) Well, there have to be downsides to growing up in Hawaii though. I think because I really wanted to do art and stuff, Hawaii is, it's, it's small there, like the local industry and stuff for art and everything. Um, but it was good because living there really allowed me to have the time and space to figure out what I wanted to do specifically. So I felt like I spent most of my growing up just on the computer in my room. Hawaiian style. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Link, link us. You can, you can link us to the Tumblr in the chat here on Zoom. Just let us know. <laughs> so for me, I never really got into Tumblr, but DeviantArt was my shit. YouTube and DeviantArt. I made like speed paintings. I had like original characters and made animations. And I had like a fursona. It was like a full furry um, until it was. Did you say a fursona? Yeah. Fursona? What the fuck is that? <laughs> Wait, you guys don't. You guys don't know. Well, I mean, I, I, no, I, no, I we know, don't know. I know what a furry is, and I know, and I believe you when you say that you had an interest in the world of furry. But I, I didn't know. I didn't know that that was a thing that you were doing with your life, and I <laughs> did not know the phrase fursona, and I now enjoy it. I like it a lot. Walk us through your fursona, though. We need to, we need to understand this a little more. It was, it was sick. Um, <laughs> it was fun at the, t- but so I, I got into it because it, it started out with me being like an eleven-year-old kid who liked wolves a lot. Um, oh, okay. and I really liked drawing and I liked like death note and my chemical romance and all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I remember Hell yeah. having like the family computer and just going on YouTube at night and searching like how to draw a wolf. Um, and that's where it began. And then I would just like dive into these videos and start learning that people had their own characters and people were making their own like YouTube shows and stuff. And it just felt like something that was so exciting because I'd never seen anything like that before around the people, um, who I was going to school with. But I got really into that community when I was like 11 or 12, which is weird because growing up, I realized like, oh shit, there was definitely a sexual side to that, that whole thing. <laughs> yeah. So because I was, I was never, there can, you know, there yeah. can be, there can be. Yeah. Cause I was never uh, a part of the like sexual side of anything. I mean, people definitely made like furry porn and like porn of their <laughs> characters and stuff, but I was kind of like, oh, that's nice. Like that's, you know, that that's, <laughs> I don't know. To each their own. Yeah. I don't know. I just, oh, so what, what drew you, what drew you to the wolf at, at a young age? I don't know. I really don't know. I, <laughs> I wish I knew. I, I did go on it. So I did go on a trip to Montana when I was like 11 or 12 or something with my mom. And we stayed at this inn that's called the Howler's Inn. 
um, which is a plate, like a bed and breakfast that you can go to and it's on a wolf sanctuary. Uh-huh. So like you wake up and you can go look at the wolves and stuff. And I just felt like that connection to them. I don't know. You're like, honey, I'm home. Yeah. You felt, you <laughs> felt the warm hug of the absolutely dangerous killer animal. That is a, um, I, I don't know if a wolf does the, I, I mean, they scare me a little bit. I, I don't know if I would want to. Well, Chris, you have to respect the wolf and they'll respect you back. They're a very intelligent, oh, spiritual creature that, that can read uh, people's energies. Lauren, is the first Sona, so the first Sona, is that, is that, what all does that encapsulate? Is that like a full character? Is that like a whole thing? Like, is there a name? Is there personality traits? Yes. So I probably, I can't say the name because I haven't yet deleted my <laughs> old DeviantArt account and I don't want, because I used to write the, like the most, it's funny though, to see like how emotional I was when I was 12, I would make like all these polls and like journal entries and stuff. So I don't really want people to like dig those up right now. But it's safe to say your fursona was a wolf though. Yes. Um, and okay. he was, that's a, all we'll divulge. Yes. Somewhere. He was a male wolf that was gray. Um, and my, like that, that's what I loved about being on the internet too. Growing up is no one knew my age. No one knew my gender, where I was from, like nothing. It was completely anonymous. So I just got to do and be whatever um, I felt like, and I made a bunch of friends online who were a similar age as me and also were into these things. Like there was a girl in London who was like my best friend growing up. Um, and we've never met before, but we would just talk about everything on, um, MS chat. Yeah. Yeah. Messenger. Yeah. And we go on like iScribble. There's this website called iScribble where like you can collaborate on one canvas digitally with a bunch of different people. So we would just go on there and like draw together um every day and i didn't know this existed i didn't know any of this but i do think that we're just old and it's part of like i had jason we probably had the internet in like middle school we first got the internet but it was like Mm -hmm. the it was the original internet it was dial up and i think that the i think that it's just now and and it's encouraged to kind of like have relationships where it was kind of thought of as weird uh in our in our time Mm -hmm. the internet that we had there was less of like a sense of like a nice wholesome community building thing and more of like a deviant side of it, I guess. Yeah. yeah. You know, a, a place to try to find people to have sex with. Yeah. Kind of like, yeah. You haven't lived until you've, until you've saved porn on a, on a 3.5 inch floppy disk. You know what I mean? That's something that's just, something, that's, that's just a generational thing. You know, I don't know if you remember zip drives, but you know, it, we could, we could go on. Um, but there's, you know, the, the, take us back. The storage, the, the storage capabilities were very different and unfortunately physical. We couldn't just save it to the cloud like we can now. You know what I mean? It was a little more laborious. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so because of your love of of animals real and digital is that one reason that that drew you to veganism oh so i'm i'm not vegan anymore i was vegan uh oh lauren uh, i'm just kidding i know i know i know i know i know i know i well it it was a little bit complicated because i was i went vegan for environmental reasons Mm -hmm. um and i still don't eat meat like i still don't but i eat like dairy and stuff I had a problem with it where it was, it was kind of for other reasons as well. Like me trying to just be skinny. Um, and I kind of like used, I kind of used that as an excuse though, to not eat food when I would go out with people yeah. or to avoid things. So for me, like the vegan thing, like 
I would say it was for the environment, but like behind that, it was really because I had like a pretty bad eating disorder. <laughs> like I didn't want anyone to know about it. Mm -hmm. So like I had to like step away from it for a while because there were a lot of like, again, like a lot of influence from YouTube of people just like saying that like veganism is how you like look this way and how you be this way and uh, mm -hmm. promoting it in a very strict way. So I uh, had to like take a step away from it just to like get a better relationship with food again. But I feel like I'm at the place where I could do it again in a healthy way. How did you how did you realize how did you come to realize, though, that it was like a problem? One of the reasons why I left Japan um, was because I needed to like take a step away from everything. I quit my modeling agency and I came to the States to try to do something um, as myself. And that wasn't dependent upon my measurements um, because I was at an agency where they would weigh me like every Monday and measure me. And what? Um, it, it's just like in that place still, you know? I didn't know that. I didn't know that still existed, really. That seems like it a relic does. from like the 90s to me. Yeah. That's really, that's, that's rough. It's pretty fucked up because like out like it still exists over there. And like some there were there were periods where I wouldn't get weighed for a while, but like it would kind of be like, oh, like you have a job coming up, like you should look good. Or I remember like when I moved to Japan when I was 18, um, they were really pleased because I had lost a bunch of weight because I had been trying to like prepare for it. Um, and that just got me into a mental space of really valuing myself based off of the way that I looked and I became afraid mm -hmm. of myself. And you kind of like have to live in an ego and have to have a very like, I don't know, strict way of living on all fronts mm -hmm. like that. So um, yeah, I just, I knew that it was bad and I like my health was really bad. I wasn't able to like get close to anyone or have close relationships because I didn't want to open up because I feel like when you're that insecure, you don't want people to get to know you. Um, and I was just like, I cannot live like this anymore. So I needed to take a, take a break for a while. I mean, I still have a complicated relationship with food myself, but I think it's more, I, I mean, I, I mean, it's fine, but I just think if you grow up if you grow up overweight, there's just always something there. You, you know what I mean? Even though it's it's just it, it's always kind of in the back of your mind that it could go there again. Even though I'm you know 38 years old and that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like the reality of that happening is probably not the case because I also am older and like understand how it actually works and what diet and exercise actually means versus like you know a, a not eating is 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 not you just that's that's not sustainable it's just not it, it's not going to work yeah mentally or physically you know totally yeah i feel like it it's so hard for people forever because we just live in this society that's constantly pressuring you uh to put a lot of emphasis on the way that you look so it really comes like you just have to talk to yourself every day like i really i have to remind myself every single day that you know that's not what my worth is based off of but were you able to were you able to kind of come to terms with yourself or did you get professional help or was it just like you hit a wall and were like i got to go i had professional help twice for like short periods of time I, the thing that helped me the most though was like really making big changes in my life for myself because i feel like no matter yeah who you're working with or who's trying to like make you get help or who's concerned about you like it it has to be you mm. like if you don't think that you have a problem or you don't want better for yourself then it's it's easy to slip back into it because people get it's lonely you know and it's hard and like when things are lonely and hard you want to do what makes you feel comfortable or what makes you feel like oh this will make people like me or this will make me feel real well i'm proud of you yeah me too thank you sorry i just got so so dark suddenly <laughs> no 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 it's not dark is it exciting to see kind of like the way the modeling industry and acting industry has sort of changed over the last few years yeah it's crazy i feel like ch things uh changed pretty quickly and it's really exciting that for the modeling world and stuff it's really exciting that people are caring a lot more about like what that 
who that individual is, um, like their style, their personality, how they model, mm-hmm. as opposed to trying to fit like one single thing that I feel like is just as opposed to their measurements. Yeah, it's just very oppressive um, towards everyone. And it it's all about youth and not changing. But that's kind of like the only like we can't control that. Like we're going to change and we're going to get older <laughs> yes. and it makes yeah. people so afraid of it. Yeah, you're telling me. I mean, look, I'm I'm looking. I'm staring forty in the face, and I'm fucking terrified. So you know, I mean, I look. We can relate, is what I'm trying to say. We can relate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did acting was acting something you wanted to do, or was that something you kind of fell into? Yeah. So I really, really loved acting growing up, but I never really. I was super shy, so I never really like said that publicly when I was younger that I wanted to do it because I always felt like, oh, well, I'm not good enough, or it's not going to happen for me. So I just I would like talk myself out of it. But I used to do plays when I was young. Um, and I really loved it. And I would like act on photo booth and stuff alone, like in Japan, in my apartment, like I would just like act and like do scenes by myself. And um, I started coming out to LA and I uh, ended up getting signed by WME and I really love working with them. But I told them that I wanted to do acting. So while I was living in Japan, they sent me some auditions and stuff to self tape for. And uh, I was just like, fuck it, I'm going to I'm going to try to do what I want to do because, you know, yeah. I just I just knew I would regret it if I didn't really try well chris you know I, I i'm familiar with your work on terrace house chris is a fan of reality television show especially <laughs> uh reality television shows that involve a bunch of people living in a house yep all together <laughs> so could you could you explain to chris a little bit just a little cliff's notes of of what the yeah what the appeal yes. of terrace house is i want to yeah i need to come to i'm coming to the source for the for the full explanation and because this was like a this was a thing that swept the, the world a little bit and i heard about it in every kind of facet of my life but i never took the time to fully understand you know what i mean so i would love a explainer yeah so <laughs> well first off yeah that that was crazy because i came to la and people knew what it was and i thought that was the craziest thing ever that people were like oh no like we make people watch this over advice or like oh we this or that i just it was so cool that people were um thinking that there was something really different about the show but it is different like the pacing and stuff um but basically terrace house is six people living in a house together it's three boys and three girls which obviously you know it it just is a weird it well, so like, the, there's a lot of like the the yeah. So it's supposed to be like kind of like a show of like romance and matching people to like people living in this house together. But it also follows their lives, so you get to like watch people as they try to pursue a new career, as they work, or as they have like dramas and stuff. It's not like a traditional like real world situation where you don't leave the house. Like you carry on with your regular yeah. life. You're just live. Okay, okay. That that's a big difference. Okay, I understand. Yeah. So this one, like the camera crew, like will follow you and kind of capture you, like in your real life working, and then your relationships back at the house. Um, and then when someone leaves, someone else replaces them. And a couple people ended up getting married off of that show. I don't know if the marriages lasted or not, but. Um, a lot of people like Let's hope so. had romantic things. I personally never had any like romantic thing on the show happen. Really, that's that's very that's that's some pro shit right there. <laughs> you you knew you knew what the fuck you were doing. You're like, I ain't letting you guys see that. We ain't doing all that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. um, but it was it was fun though because they didn't film all the time. Oh, that's what I was going to ask. So is it is it fully was it fully like you didn't know anyone going in right? These aren't friends of yours. These aren't acquaintances. Yeah, no. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, I didn't I didn't know anyone going in and they filmed a season in Hawaii. So it was uh literally it was so close to where I grew up where they filmed it. 
Um, so they had three people who were like from Hawaii and then three people who flew in from Japan because I think they wanted to try doing it because it's always been in Japan. But it was it was kind of a weird situation because the people who came from Japan like didn't have jobs. They didn't really like know yeah. what to do in Hawaii. So it, it was definitely different than like capturing a normal person's life. They're just like, oh, I guess I'm just going to go eat some shaved ice again today. Yeah. You guys can follow me if you want. Costco. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, follow me while I hit Costco again. That sounds like riveting television. (laughs) I would watch that. I would watch that. (laughs) Well, that's, well, you were saying riveting, but like, I think a a draw of Terrace House was Chris, Chris likes to talk about like ambient television nowadays having like a big, a big rise mm-hmm. of like, you know, just putting something on to kind of calm you, you know, which is why a, a rise of podcast is going on just to see people talking to each other mm-hmm. in the most plain setting. It's very relaxing. I think Terrace House does that really well, more so than it's kind of like the antithesis to a crazy real world show or a Bravo show where people are, they're getting you guys wasted every night and hoping that you get in fights and, you know, black out and punch people and shit, you know? Yeah. It's really, really calming. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's calming. And you get to, um, I feel like you get to appreciate your own life a lot more through seeing people who are just doing normal things. Cause I feel like when we're watching TV and stuff, I, I always feel like, Oh, I should be doing more like, you know, my life needs to be more sensational. Yeah. Did yeah. shit like really change after that? Cause it was like such a hit. Like, did you have any expectations going in or was it like, fuck it, let's just try it. I, I found the audition on Facebook senior year of high school, like I was graduating and I was just like, shit, okay, I decided I'm not going to college. Um, I'm going to move to Tokyo. And I applied for this thing on, like I emailed them and I was like, hi, my name is Lauren. Um, I <laughs> do, here's like some, I sent them like my drawing. I love terraces. Yeah, no, but I, so I didn't actually know that the show was Terrace House at the time that I applied. It was just like nondescript Netflix reality show. And I was just like, all right, like I'm single. I'm of age i'll i'll put myself out there for this because i had never yeah <laughs> but i'd uh never like put myself out like because growing up i'd always been anonymous online and then i started to do modeling which was really weird and i started to do instagram and stuff and it was exciting but i had never like really spoken mm-hmm. you know it was just like images of me so i don't know i just had this urge to to try and to do something that seemed like something i would never do but it was a really, really popular show in Japan. And then it got popular overseas too. And I did not expect that at all. So what happens when you go to Japan now? Is it like kind of gnarly? I don't know about now because it's been a couple of years since the show. And I, I know I look different. Like I had like a short bob, but people could recognize me on the street, even if I was wearing a hat and a mask. Damn. And it was crazy. It was really, really crazy for a while. Crazy fun or crazy creepy? I think all types of crazy because it was really exciting and fun. And I was like, wow, this is, I'm finally getting jobs and I'm finally, you know, I'm building a platform for people to see my work and for me to like be able to speak on things. But it was, it was a lot because I was still with my modeling agency. So, you know, I was getting booked out like six or seven days a week and traveling a lot. And Shit. Um, I think I just kind of said yes to everything. Cause I was like, I wanted this. I wanted to be able to work. I wanted people to want to work with me. Cause before the show, I never got booked for like anything. I would do like one bra catalog <laughs> over the summer and then just be in, be in debt and then go back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so you're able to stack some, some paper and now, and now you can kind of, be a little bit more picky and choosy with what you want to do. Yeah, I think that the way that everything turned out, I'm really, really grateful for all of it. 
because I I know that like without going on that show, things wouldn't have happened the same for me. So even at yeah. the times that were hard or where I felt like people knew too much about me or I wish that I could take back certain things or not be seen or disappear, um, I'm really grateful for all of it. And it taught me a lot about myself and being more brave to be honest with people. Cause I feel like when I was on the show too, like I was 18 and like I was so scared. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Damn, Jason. If, if, if Jason and I were on a show like that at 18, we would not be talking to you right now. I can safely say that. Um, for, for a Maybe lot of, I'd be in jail. Yeah, I'd definitely be in jail. Yeah, definitely be in jail. But I think that that is, I mean, that's a lot to deal with at that age for sure. But it sounds like you have a pretty good, you know, you wrapped your head around it in a pretty positive way. Um, which is, is nice to hear. Cause I think that that can really fuck some people up. Yeah. I'm really grateful for like my family and friends who supported me through all of that. And I think I was a real asshole at one point. Um, because <laughs> I was just so wrapped up in everything. I didn't really like open myself up to anyone, you know, that's what happens when you're popping. You know what I mean? It's hard. It's hard. You know, it's hard when you're popping. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah. We we don't understand, but <laughs> I wish I was able to get my my diva phase out of my system at an early age like you did. I had to wait until yeah, my thirties exactly. for that. <laughs> Just yeah, keep that's running it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm unfortunately in mine right now. Um, I'm very friendly to our guests, but Jason knows what he has to deal with. He's dealing with a monster. This kitten has got claws. Let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> what did your parents understand what you were saying though or were they like what the fuck are you talking about like we don't we don't really understand the concept honestly i don't i don't remember i think that they let me just move to japan so i feel like after that they were like all right like, <laughs> any, like yeah anything. whatever um yeah i think they wanted me to like they knew that i was gonna try to do what i wanted to do um, and I saved up money because I like sold some art prints and stuff and bought a ticket out there. And then my agency was paying for my apartment, but then I'd pay them back with my jobs and stuff. So I was, yeah. you know, I think because I had like a solid job, they uh, were supportive of it. And your your parents are still like, they, they like understand what it is that you're doing and are supportive or they're just kind of like, you're like doing internet shit. And I guess, you know, that's cool, but I don't know what the fuck any of the stuff is. You don't ask, you don't ask us for money. So we support you. That's my parents. That's my, that's my parents' <laughs> attitude. Uh, I mean, they're kind of happy though. They're like, Oh, you're not going to college. Like that, that, you know, it, it, it's expensive in the States. It's crazy how expensive it is in the U S but they, they're super supportive. And I, yeah, I hope that it's not like, Oh, like that period that I was successful. And then the period that like, it just all, mm. all you know, I, I think that's a constant worry because it's not like a solid job. It's like yeah. dependent upon me making things all the time. If you did have a solid job, what do you think it would be? Jason would be a bar- Jason would be a fourth wave barista, so don't steal his answer. I'd be a forklift operator, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> oh my god. I'm blanking right now. I hate that like this is the question I blank on. So what's up with <laughs> So what now? Because you did so you did this movie that's on Netflix, correct? Called Moxie. Yes. What What's the vibe? Why should people watch it? Did you enjoy doing it? You know the whole thing. Where did you shoot? I, actually, actually, Lauren, I was watching yes. it this morning, and then Carolyn, oh, really? my girlfriend, she had to leave to go work, and she's like, "Oh, what are you watching?" And I was like, "Oh, is this Lauren's show?" I'm like, "It's a movie," and she's like, "Okay." And then it was on in the background, and she listened to it for like ten minutes, and she's like, "Okay, you have to stop it." Because we have to watch it together tonight because she wants to so bad. So Oh my god. Well it was off to a damn. great start. Thank you guys. And it has a strong um riot girl undertone, Chris. There's bikini kill songs. Uh, oh, I there's like a that. Whole, there's a whole zine zine making art story arc. It's all there. Oh shit. Okay. 
um, it was so, it was so fun. I, we, cause like getting to go, cause I went to like a tiny Buddhist high school. So we never had like a football team or like any of these big parties and stuff. So I feel like that part of being to experience those visual, like being able to be a part of a high school experience like that was really fun. The cast, was just so incredible and they're some of my best friends now like i hang out with them maybe five times a week shit yeah there's the there's the illegal civ skater guy who has the abs he's nico he, he does a great job <laughs> in it chris yes, chris is nico. a fan of skate of the skate world so i was trying to paint it i love skate him. culture and i also love abs so he sounds like the kind of guy for me that's right oh my god um, <laughs> he's he's incredible and he just he does such a good job i was so excited that like everyone was gonna fall in love with him because he just has such a like this personality that everyone's attracted to and that really comes through in the movie and stuff um so i'm so excited for him i saw he did like a tonight show he's doing all these features but i'm i'm so happy i feel proud Um, yeah you got your little tonight show i'm so happy for you (laughs) (laughs) i'm doing how long gone so yeah i'm doing this podcast with these two guys that i've never heard of but my 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 pr guy said it was fine i guess tonight show is cool too (laughs) shout out to nick No, I love this. You said that you went to a Buddhist high school. What happens at Buddhist high schools? Other than the obvious, I guess. Yeah, it's just it was just high school and then praying a little bit, um, like going to the temple on Fridays. Um, but it was it was incredible because like throughout all the teachings and stuff, they really put Buddhist values into all the work. Um, but not in a way that's that like you don't have to be Buddhist to go to the high school. Okay. Um, but it's more so just like teaching people the values of being present in the moment and like trying to choose a path of peace in everything that you do. Were you raised Buddhist? Like, was that part of your household growing up? No, my family growing up, we were kind of like Christian a little bit, like not super intensely or anything, but then um, my grandma was Catholic, but then she stopped being Catholic after like all the stuff with the priests and everything came out. Cause she's like, I can't do this. Um, I stand with Gma. Yeah. So, and then I like that for your grandma. Yeah. yeah. So we, yeah. So a- after all that and stuff, we were just kind of like, I wonder, we, like, I don't really know why we're doing this, you know. Um, but we all just felt like the values of these religions that we wanted to live by were ones that we wanted to live by, regardless of like going to a church or like identifying with anything. Um, so more so, just like connecting to that. So right now, do you go to the studio and like paint every day? Is that? Yeah, I I really, really want to do an art show this year or like beginning of next year. So I started working on paint. I'm actually working on like a painting right now. Woo! Oh, but, um, damn, that's a big boy. That's big as hell. Thank you. Yeah, this one's pretty big. It's like 10 feet by... I haven't measured yet. Maybe like six feet or something. That's Jason size. You know, you know, with NFTs, you don't have to make them that big now. You know that, right, Lauren? <laughs> I know you can sell a pixel. Um, <laughs> I I really wanted to like get involved with everything. And I've been listening to like, you know, like the clubhouse chats and like in group chats on Twitter and watching what people are doing and stuff. But we'll see because I want to I want it to be very intentional, like what I put out and then also to do it. I know that I talk with Nifty and they're like changing the way that they mint um, their stuff to be way to be like 99 percent less carbon emissions. So I'm like, that's cool. I'll jump in once that happens. I was going to say, it's weird though, because I saw so many people like hit, 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 like get like a shit ton of money from it. And then a lot of people recently have kind of been like flopping a little bit and it's 
sad because they're such incredible artists. <laughs> Don't come for us on our own podcast, okay? We made oh, yeah. two Ethereum. We made two Ethereum for our NFT, and maybe yeah, Lauren considers it a flop. Maybe Lauren considers it a no, flop, no, but Jason no, no. and I consider it a small success, Jason. Not at all. That's incredible. That's, that's more incredible. than fucking Ryder Rips made selling a pixel, so I, I'm happy about that. No, that's great. Yeah, I'll take that. That's a small victory. That's a small victory. But you do a lot of you do absolutely a, you do a lot of work with clients, though, right? I know I didn't I didn't really realize that. Like you've done like a lot of uh, so they're hiring you as an illustrator. That's like another thing that you're doing quite often. I haven't done anything this year that's for clients. Actually, I've just been focusing on like my own work and like selling like my own stuff. But I did do some client work before. And I would definitely be down to do it again. But I feel like this year, my, really my focus is to make stuff that I feel like is a reflection of, or like me saying something I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, because I do feel kind of burnt out too when I'm just doing client work a lot. And that's, that's a very bad thing to say because I'm grateful to have the opportunity to do any jobs, you know? I just, I felt like I can't really move forward. And even if I could just like make work and I don't sell it, I feel like I'd be happy with that as long as I'm making something that I really want to make, you know, Um, because I don't even know if I'm going to like sell these paintings or anything, but I know that I have to make them for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, It's my dream to make a movie one day, an animated movie. That's always been my dream growing up. Damn, Lauren, you're kind of a you're kind of a nerd. I have to say, I'm <laughs> I'm impressed. Oh my god, I I did not know this was coming. I didn't know that. I didn't fully oh know god. this was coming. <laughs> what kind of animated movie do you want to do? do are we are we going to bring a wolf in and and just go full on like take it all the way back? I have to. I have to add. So I have to. Sl- <laughs> I have to slide it in at some point. To. Like it, it has to happen. You know. Yeah, definitely. But, definitely. Um, I mean, like, cause I really, really love 2D animation, but I also love stop motion. Like, that's just so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And I feel like nothing can really replicate that. Even like, if you try to make something that looks like stop motion with 3D, it just isn't the same feeling as like the imperfections that happen when you do stuff by hand. Yeah. Um, so it would be like an absolute dream of mine to be able to collaborate or work with a studio like Leica Studios one day. They do like Coraline and, mm-hmm. you know, all those movies. But I've been working with my friend to do just some stuff in 3D. And we're trying to make a short film right now and kind of start from there and see how that goes. But it's a team of three people right now. So uh, it's going to take a while, but it's really, really fun. Yeah, I don't watch animated stuff at all, but I feel like it takes a lot of time. I feel like it takes a <laughs> lot of... It's it's very labor intensive. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely scary as hell to say, <laughs> seriously, like, this is what I want to do. Um, and I just... I always like promised myself I wasn't going to give up on it because it seemed like it was going to be overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Like I just want to like believe that I'll be able to handle it. Um, But it, yeah, it takes a ton of time to do animations and stuff. And I just feel like not disappointed, but like I haven't been so interested in like a lot of the animated movies that have been coming out in the States recently. Cause I feel like it kind of looks the same, you know, um, like just a reiteration of the same style and stuff. And I don't want people to feel that animation is supposed to be a medium just for kids shows or comedy. So I think it'd be really cool if people, um, you know, start using animation to tell different kinds of stories here too. I just feel like there's so much magic to it. Well, you, you were mentioning that with your art, you kind of have like a specific message that kind of has to come out, not wants to come out. Do you, are you able to kind of briefly detail what that what that message might be. I know it's a very personal thing. Yeah, I have, I don't really know. I guess I feel like really lonely sometimes and I want to draw something and it kind of just seems like that's it. And then whatever, like that feeling ends up making me see or want to make, I don't know. It, I, it always just feels like an escape 
from things, like when things hurt a lot. Mm-hmm. But it's not that art just comes from a place of like hurting or being lonely or whatever. But I I don't know. I always felt drawn to like trying to explore those things a little bit more because I feel like when I'm listening to that and when I'm putting that into my work, I feel like I can move forward with my life in my real life too. Okay. You know, when you like, I have some crazy dreams and stuff that I just want to see see if I can make them. That's it. Do you have any tips on how to remember your dreams better? I actually, um, when I was living in Japan, I focused on it for a little while, which is which was really, really fun and also terrifying because I went into sleep paralysis a lot. Oh, shit. But uh, some, shit. yeah, no, it's it's scary. I've never been, cause some, some people I know, they'll go into sleep paralysis and like hear voices or see people. But for me, it's just like my eyes are like a little bit open and I can't move. So I'm, I feel like I'm like thrashing around trying to like get myself to move again. But um, to remember your dreams, I think it's important to try to sleep when you're not that tired. Um, so to take like a nap during the day, like if you take like an hour or two hour nap during the day, I just get like really, really vivid dreams that I can remember when I wake up. And do you do you like have a little piece of paper and a pen by the bedside so you can quickly jot it down? Or do you have like a pretty good photographic memory of what happened? Um, I do uh journal about it and then but it's really messy like sometimes i'll just type it on my phone and it makes no sense at all um (laughs) and then i try to yeah draw it at some point but it really helps to write it down well what are what are some what are some natural legal ways that you use to get high you know exercise nicotine no um (laughs) yes um (laughs) as we speak um I yeah I exercise I took a year off of exercise last year which was really depressing actually um because I just kind of I don't know I felt like yeah last year was emotionally hard for me I went through like a pretty bad breakup in July and then since then I kind of just gave up on exercising and taking care of myself but then this year like a month ago I started doing it again and I have to remind myself that like I need to I have to exercise. If I don't, it just, I don't know, like nothing really flows correctly. Are we running? Are we yogaing? Are we lifting? What are we doing? Pilates? I like lifting. I do. I when I was in Japan, I would like heavy heavy lift a lot because I was kind of I feel like those are the most important, like pushing things, pulling things. Joe Rogan style. Like that's only the the only motions that really change anything. Music to my music to my ears. I was that was not the answer I was expecting. (laughs) I, I love to hear it. So you're doing classic push pull with dumbbells for me too. Like there was a period of time where I was just running and it just, it, I don't know. It just makes me tired. Mm-hmm. It just makes me tired, but like really in like building muscle and stuff, I try to like just do heavy weights and like lower repetitions and stuff. I'm trying to stick to like five days a week where it's like yeah. arm day, leg day, mm-hmm. push, pull back. I don't know. I'm, I'm still like a beginner at what to do when I get to the gym, but it's fun. I like figuring it out. Did you ever think you were going to be a leg day person? No. <laughs> I'm honestly lo, lo, you contain multitudes really you've you've surprised me a few times here so oh, I think what? That, what yeah for sure <laughs> oh my I, gosh I, I did not expect you to say you were into heavy lifting that that's uh that is always uh always nice to hear I think it's more important than people realize a pleasant surprise it's very yes it's so important I love it Lauren, what are you doing in the kitchen? Um, we're microwaving. We're postmating. <laughs> microwave? Hell yeah! What, what are you microwaving? No, it's bad. It's bad. I um, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't even. I don't want to like embarrass myself, but like I, 
I'm, I do, I do make a lot of like salads and soups and shit, but that's kind of as far as it goes when I'm living alone, when I'm with my family though, in Hawaii, like it's so, cause I don't, I live alone, you know, and I've lived alone yeah. for five years, five years. Yeah. Shit. That's I, a long um, time. I mean, I'm much older than you and I've never lived alone for five years. I like it. I have a cat, so it's just the two of us and it's nice to have my space, but I do really miss like I miss living at home and like waking up and someone's there mm-hmm. and cooking breakfast with them or like cooking dinner. And I feel like cooking is such a social thing that really brings people together that it's nice when I do it for myself just to treat myself. But yeah, it's, it's weird to cook for one person. Yeah, it is. Well, luckily, thank you to our sponsor, Postmates. Uh, hashtag how long gone at <laughs> checkout. And you can get you can get a variety of foods delivered right to your doorstep. Maybe you can start having some of the bros over to the house and we can you can have a little cook off. What do you think? I should. I, I want to. One of my friends, um, I go over to his house like in Mount Washington and he cooks sometimes. And it's just it's those are like my favorite moments ever. It's very nice. Jason, Jason cooks for me all the time and it is, it's a special bond, uh, from chef, chef to eater. Um, that, that is, it, it warms my oh, heart. Amazing. It warms my heart. Yeah. Lauren, thank you for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Um, thank you so much. Yeah. It was really nice to, to get to know you and hear what you have going on and tell people, um, where they can find you on the World Wide web. Thank you. Um, my name is Lauren Sai and you can find me at Lauren. Sigh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Great. Okay. Uh, go no, go sorry, watch Moxie a... on Netflix. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go watch, watch Moxie, Moxie on, on Netflix. Netflix. Album in stores now. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on uh Deviant Art. Follow me on <laughs> one... oh, yeah, don't 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 try to look for my Deviant Art <laughs> that will come for you. Um <laughs> Follow me on Citizen. Follow me on Citizen. Citizen. <laughs> Citizen. Yeah, shout out to the furry, furry community. I'm glad they got some visibility today via via Lauren. That's very nice of you. Mm-hmm. Um Thank you guys. Alright, well look, have a good day and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Bye.